0: We <laughs> This is Unshackled with Iran on Justicenews.net. I said that torture is official US government policy. It is not the result of rule. This is unshackled with Iran on justicenews.net. These things need to be determined by the public, not by somebody who's simply hired by the government. Unshackled with Iran on JusticeNews.net. June. You're listening to Unshackled on justicenewsnetwork.org. This is Unshackled with Imran on justicenews.net. Unshackled with Imran on on justicenews.net. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream, because you have to be asleep to believe it. Mr. Imran. Brother Faridi. Finally. Finally. <laughs> finally. Yeah. There's a time for everything. Yes, there is time for everything. Yes, sir. I agree. I've been trying to call you so
1: many times and I just couldn't get through.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry about that. You know, my apologies that you tried so many times.
1: No, I don't you don't have to apologize, sir. I really appreciate you and appreciate
0: your time, you know. It means a lot to me. Well, okay, so tell me what's going on. What happened in your case? Yeah, this
1: is, this is what happened. Let me tell you, uh, give you a brief from the beginning. Uh, I met this, uh, this American woman, uh, you know, uh, via online, through a dating website. She came from Morocco, we got married, then I moved to the United States back in, uh, was October 2003. I was very young at the time, and my ex-wife had three, three girls, one was at that time, I think, 16, then the other another one like 10 and the other one six years old then across the street was this grandparents it's not my ex-wife's parents it's her ex-husband's parents
0: mm-hmm. and they're
1: kind of uh uh the christians and they're kind of extremist taking stuff so to the extreme from the beginning they hated me once they knew i was muslim so to them in their mind what happens in 9-11 because it was close at the, at the time, it was just two years after that event. To them, I was a, a bad person, didn't want, didn't want me to be there, like I took their son's place. They hated me, they were calling me some crazy names. And my English at the time was, I was speaking very, very little English, but I, I can feel their vibes, I could understand. Anyways, so we proceeded then in 2006, my ex-wife converted to Islam. Then the grandparents lost it. They said they cannot have the children confused. They don't want her to, uh, to them it was like a big betrayal. Mm-hmm. And so they just wanted to get rid of me and they want to take the children with basically saving their beliefs. They want them to be questioned. Mm-hmm. One time I was at work, Okay, okay, before that, during 2006, there was a, a girl who uh, was 14 years old, 11 or something like that. I don't remember. She used to come and slip over. She was uh, my ex-stick daughter friend. Mm-hmm. One time, this little girl was a uh, mine. She complained that that girl was showing her some pornographic pictures and she was like, you know, messing with her. Then the mother was upset and told that girl she was not allowed to to spend any night over anymore then there was this guy called say and know they were from morocco i helped them was stayed with us like couple months three months and say was stayed with us long like a year and one time she they, they complained the girls complained that she was doing some stuff I didn't understand. You were just talking to me in English. My English at that time, like I told you, I just spoke very little English, but I understood what something is not right, was sexual. When I confronted him in my language, because he's from my country, he denied. You're
0: listening to Unshackled. Unshackled with Imran on justicenews.net.
1: Then I told him, I helped you enough. I don't want no problems time to go hmm. and I think the girls took that to the grandmother a week later the accusation went from him straight to me then they took the girls and they put them in the grandparent's house
0: mm-hmm.
1: the detective tried to talk to me that so I don't I don't speak English I need a translator he talked to me like for a five minute and he just let me go there was no investigation, no nothing. Then at that time, I had to go back to Morocco because we needed to sell my deceased mom's house. And in Morocco, for for us to sell the house, you have to have all, the, you know, the children whoever you know that is going to inherit to sign,
0: mm-hmm.
1: agree to the selling. Before I went. My ex-wife was, was at work, then the grandparents came to the house with a gun. I didn't see the gun, but it was like wrapped up in a, a, a sheet, but it was a shape of gun. They were speaking English to me, I didn't understand, but what I understood, this, they wanted me to leave, they took my green cards from me, and they they threatened to tell me if I say anything or I come back. I was, I was shaking. I never in my life had anybody like pointed a gun at me, or oh, I never had a gun. I never seen them in real life. All I seen them in the movies because in my country...
0: Hang on a second. Yeah. You were you were in Morocco and this happened in Morocco? No, this is what's going on in America. So, But, but you were in Morocco.
1: No, before. When you knew I was going to Morocco. Okay. But you knew I was going to Morocco, so I'm going to come back. Who, who, came, with, yeah. who came with a gun? The grandparents. The grandparents came the, with a... Yeah, from, yeah, from, yeah, with a gun wrapped up in a sheet.
0: In a sheet, and then they took it out and put it on your head. And pointed
1: it like, at me. They didn't take it out from that sheet. Pointed at you. Yeah, pointed at me. And they were talking to me in English, which I didn't understand, but I understood. They, they told me they don't want me back. They took my green card from me, and they say if I come back, they're going to kill me. Okay. So basically, they want me to, to leave and never come back. When I left, I went to Morocco. I just left. I said, I am done. I can't. When you go through something like this, horrific, how could you come back? I said, so I went there and I just left. Then my ex-wife joined me in Morocco. She tried to uh, to have me back. I didn't tell her the story. To me, I was like, under a state of shock. All I wanted this to be over with. I don't want nothing to do with America. I don't want nothing to do with nothing. I just want my life back as it used to be. So my ex-wife stayed with me for like, I think a year in Morocco, and then she had to leave. I told her that she needed to leave. So she left, I got my divorce, then Later on, my ex also told me that they charged me. But these people never investigated nothing. They never came to the house. I mean, the investigation that is an obligation by the law has never been done. So there was a challenge for my arrest, a warrant for my arrest for years. So when I went, I went to United Kingdom before I came back to Morocco. Then when I went to Canada, I don't know how they found out then they told me that there is a, a warrant for your arrest, so why not? So then they extradited me back to United States. When I was extradited in 2018, when I came straight, talks to me. No, no detectives, no police, they sent me straight to jail. Then they give me a public defender. When I told the public defender back then, hey sir, I'm not gonna be able to understand everything you're telling me, especially when you're gonna be using like law terms, you know these legal terms. I'm not familiar. I need a translator, so I make sure that we understand each other completely and there will be no confusion, no mistakes. He told me, no, no, don't worry about it. I understand you fine. I said, you, you understand me fine, but I don't. So he ignored my request. So waiting like some, through some what 20 times through that I was waiting for trial like being there for 14 months. Mm. Now we're gonna go to trial. At that time I didn't understand the law. I'm, at that time my English was not as good as the English I'm speaking with right now. So they never did me a thing to hold or deal. Like I go to show up in court no translator no nothing the only time to give me a translator was when i went to trial those during those three days and during those three days the person doesn't even speak my dialogue so his arabic was different and i brought that to the lawyer's attention he told me not to say anything he doesn't want the jury he doesn't want to draw the jury's attention to the translator Later on, when I studied the law and I understand, I have first I have the right to a translator from the beginning to the end. This is the law of the United States and this is the law of the Indiana states and that's any translator. It, it must be a competent translator. Then I have the right to a district uh, judge, which her name Teresa Cataldo. Teresa Cataldo for. What is the reason she didn't preside over my trial? Without my consent, she never told me nothing. When I went to trial, I see this guy, a magistrate judge, who was a prosecutor just the year before in the same prosecuting office that prosecuting my case. So basically, he forced himself on me. He never told me he was a, a, a magistrate judge. He never told me nothing. Now, this is what I believe completely so that the lawyer they gave me, he sold me out. He didn't want to defend me because all he was worried about is about my faith asking me if I was a Sunni or a Shia Muslim. I told him what my religion have to do with this. You keep asking me, I told you so many times I was Muslim. Why you keep telling me if I was a Shia or I was a Sunni. Actually, that lawyer never filed for nothing. This is Unshackled with Iran on Justice News.net. You're
0: listening to Unshackled. Unshackled with Iran on, on Justice
1: News.net. So, when we went to trial... Now the judge is not there who's supposed to have put to over my trial. Mm. And that's a right. Mm-hmm. So they put me this guy. When we went to trial, the prosecutor, this lady was just a beginner. She never called when she could put, they put a, a detective who never worked on the case. He has never seen me. And I have never seen him. I told the, the lawyer, I don't know this guy. So why is he here? He just told me always to just keep quiet. He's gonna he's gonna handle things, but he never did. That's number one. Second, when they brought the the lady who was a counselor in school, she said that back then. That she said she talked to the girl and she thought she was afraid to go home because of me back in 2002. I told him, sir, I came to the United States in two- October 2003. How in the world this person was afraid to go home because of me back in 2002 that I didn't even exist in the, in the lives of this family? So he was telling you, sure. I told him, I am beyond sure. We can put this easily, a point of entry. But he didn't want to say nothing about that. Hearsay. I don't know how much you know about the law, but in Indiana, hearsay is not allowed in a trial. But they allowed the hearsay. Mm-hmm. they don't, that person, that, that girl accused three people before. She accused Skyler that she was sexually touching her. She accused Saeed that he was sexually t- touching her. She accused wife that she saw him sexually touching her sister. She was just accusing everybody left and right, but they say no, you don't, no, no, you're not gonna bring these things in trial. You can speak about these things, which I do have the right to defend myself. Because if you're gonna take me through this whole ordeal based on only a statement that's not backed up with any evidence, no eyewitnesses, no physical uh, evidence, even. When we took her to that, the doctor, the statement said there is no choice of any sexual, you know, activities, nothing happened, everything is intact. So basically, you take me to trial, you, you want to give me all these years, you ruin know, my reputation based on a statement to tell me a statement is sufficient to sustain your conviction. Okay, the law in Indiana said that person has to testify to whatever you know, uh, charges information. First charge, they, ch- they, they charged me with three charges. The first one they said anal intercourse, level A felony, that's the worst. Second, the charge, the information was like, uh, basically this, they accusing me that this person, alleged victim, masturbated me. Two, the third, the third charge they said that I was uh uh touching her fondling her a single only so now that person she's 24 she has mental issues that they didn't want to tell the jury anything that's going to make any doubt from this person keep changing her story she doesn't know what's going on and she didn't even accuse me on that interview she was talking about saeed and she's never even given this information that I don't even know where these charges come from because they charge you basically on a statement, but they have this information has to come from the mouth of whoever is accusing you. Those charges never came out of her mouth. And I watched that video interview, 22 minutes, never once mentioned me. She was talking about Saeed. She's talking about, she's talking about the other people. But never said that any sexual intercourse, any sexual intercourse, any any masturbation, none of that. So this information was like a made up. That's how they do it here to, to scare you off, so you can have a deal and take a deal. Yeah. So they want to scare you with too much something, so they scare you off. They're toxic. So basically, those are fake charges. If that lawyer was really wanted to be defending me, this have dismissed from the gift card but basically i was sold so now when she took the stand that was her, her testimony of trial basically she never testified to any of those three charges so by indiana law and the law that person does not testify to those information the charges information on the information you are free to go when i went to try they were speaking about 9 11 and muslims they're terrorists. They're criminals. This is what the lawyer said, and I wrote it down, in the very beginning. And he didn't have to tell this jury about my fate. He told them, I'm going to quote, when 9-11 happened, this is my lawyer. And he said, when 9-11 happened, and whenever I'm traveling, I said, if anything was going to happen, it's going to be 99.9% in Muslim. You have no problem with my client. He's a Muslim. So basically, you want to tell them, this is a terrorist. This is a dangerous person. Now you know about his faith. So from the beginning, he kept that trial. And he did that intentionally. He knew what he was doing. And I told him before, do not mention my faith to the jury. He never came to see me before, between the pre trial and trial. He never prepared me to the stand. He never did nothing. He came to trial without any paper, like this guy. So what is your preparation? So he was there, just chilling. And all he worries about is looking at the prosecutor, the lady, just like she's his girlfriend or someone he knows or he likes or something. It was everything, everything was crazy. Now, this is what the prosecutor was doing. Then during the trial, the prosecutor brought this, a a very huge vagina picture, a fake vagina, just a drawing of a vagina. And I told this guy, this has nothing to do with my charges. What is this? when they brought this uh, uh, nurse who never worked on the case, never examined the, the alleged victim, she was giving the jury uh, basically a lesson about the vagina, the inside, the outside. If you put something upward, you won't break the hymen. He never objected because that right there shouldn't be there because my charges has nothing to do with any vagina and it just like to uh, basically to trick the jury. To show them that this is a, a sexual act this is this person is a sick person so all my life, my life was like violated left and right he never wanted to object he never called the witnesses because the mother of the alleged victim owned an audio on the papers and the alleged victim told them that she lied she made it up and she was sorry and everything is on the papers but he never wants to mention none of that. So when he caught examined her basically it was a cross examination for all five minutes, once her to let go to just get her off the stand. So he wants to ruin the case for the prosecutor. Because if he really wanted to help me there are so many questions, so I was speaking to her in English. Back then I wasn't speaking in English, very little English. Mm-hmm. So he didn't call the mother who said that she wanted to testify to tell the jury that she told her she lied, she made it up, and she was sorry, and this is all story, the grandparents behind this. And he knew that. He never called no one, no uh, no expert. The the guy who was with us, he and his wife wanted to testify. They are in Napoli. He never called them. He never uh, objected to the... The uh, detective who never worked on the case. He never called actually the detective who's supposed to work on the case and never did his job and he's alive and retired. He ne- basically, he was there to weaken my case. That's what he was there for and I promise you, sir, if I had a private attorney, you would be dare to go to trial. You would have dropped these charges against me. They weren't there because they know that guy works for them and he was going to help them. So he never explained to me when I asked for a a, a, a translator, he never got me one. So I will not understand. So they used up against me my English, my uh, ignorance to the law, and I, I was I had no family, no money to to hire a attorney actually who's gonna defend me. So when I went to trial, by their law, I won the trial. And let me give you this one. This is because this one was very important the prosecutor realized that she messed up They they got the jury outside to another room and she told him your honor the state want to amend charges bringing it down from a down to b because penetration is a must that person has to say that i penetrate her anal no. for them to prove that so it is a, Everything is worse. That's how they prove. They say they don't need any kind of evidence. That's the law here. They say uh, uh, a statement is sufficient to sustain a conviction. Then my lawyer objected. He didn't want her to bring it down, but he never told him that this has to be dismissed. Then she said, Okay, I just wanted to help. They sustain it, sir, like that. Mm-hmm. So the jury went to deliberation. Right, you know how much time they took these people? Uh, um, even if I was, Mr. Imran, I promise you, even if I was a dog, a dog, there you would have taken more time. Half an hour, half an hour, no evidence, nothing. And they came back with verdicts, guilty, 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 half an hour. And I've seen so many trials, real trials on TV, Maybe Crazy evidence you don't even have to leave your seat to deliberate, to find a person guilty, but they think three hours, two hours, four hours, three half an hour. Nothing. Based on my color, based on my space. It was a racial. They put me people, I forgot to tell you this. People they put on the, the jury, they're all white. They're all Christian. They put me a 19 year uh, person boy, then a 23 years old girl, then a 24. Then they go from the 20s straight to the 60s and say nobody was my peer. They were all Americans, they're all white. One girl was black, only one. And anybody who showed any intelligence when they were selecting, they get rid of them. Anybody who said, I want more than just words, they get rid of them. There were no, uh, no mixed race, no Chinese race, no Arabs, nothing. Well, Eleven wives on questioned and one black girl, and she was questioned. And they told them I was a, a, basically a terrorist, a criminal. I came to this country. You just, I'm dangerous. I'm very dangerous. I so we basically, you can't let him go. Just convict him because 9-11 and this is one of them. Basically, that was it. Then When they found me guilty, now we talk about the sentence. This is the same guy. This guy who forced himself to be a judge without my consent, without nothing. So he's the one who's going to now, uh, sentence me. This guy gave me 22 years extra for no reason. Just because to him, how dare I take them to trial? And I am like, I'm more than to his mind and inferior They give me 22 years extra so consecutive and enhancements and the law here so to enhance someone say, you know a sentence or give them consecutive more you have to have reasons this person is a habitual this person makes some crazy damage to a victim but there was nothing you only have words that didn't even match the, the charges and basically they know that i want trial, but To them, they don't care. He doesn't have no family. He has nobody to help him. He's alone. Let's bully him. Let's step on him. We look good for the news, for political, for next time we get elections. That's that's what it is, basically. Once they know you have no backup, no back to protect you, they just want to step and walk all over you, left and right. The the lawyer, during that day, he didn't even defend me. He didn't even object. Nothing. he didn't say, hey, we went to trial. She didn't testify to this, to that, none of that. He just couldn't wait for,
0: for the two to be overweight. Where was Saeed in all of this? Saeed, like, left. He just left for no reason. He went to Morocco.
1: He had his green card. He left for no reason, just ran. He was afraid. I don't know if it, because when I asked him, he denied.
0: So even the allegation they were putting on him was also a lie? Yeah, because I have never
1: seen anything. So this is the grandmother. So she doesn't want us to be in that house. She doesn't want us to be part of the family. To her, it was like a betrayal that, her, that uh, my ex wife converted to Islam. To her, that was a big, I mean, it was a big, like a big mistake, unforgivable mistake.
0: Why didn't you leave? Why did you stay there for three years? Why didn't you leave when you sensed things were turning bad for you there? And that no, because I, because I loved my
1: ex-wife. I never had any problem with my ex-wife. And I married that woman because I loved her. I know my marriage was real. I didn't marry this woman just to come to the United States. It was She was very kind to me, very nice to me. Everything was good. That woman, the the my ex-wife was good, but that woman I talk about, the grandparents, didn't mean nothing to me. They are like, to me, an outsider. I can just leave this, you know, my ex-wife for them because that was not her fault
0: why not take your wife and the kids and go somewhere far away from them
1: that's what that's what my ex-wife was planning to do that we were we were about to move away from that family but somehow some way that woman knew because she, her nose was in everything so when she know about my ex-wife plan, she, she was want like to move
0: faster so what about uh, uh, what about when you were in Morocco and you heard about the charges? Did you reach out to the U.S. Embassy saying that hey, what the heck is this for?
1: I didn't. Mean, I was afraid, Mr. Ayman. I was really scared because I never. I don't have any criminal history, not in my country, not anywhere. So to me, I never been in trouble with the law anywhere in the world. So for me to reach out to to the embassy to speak that. Even my English at that time was not going to allow me to talk to them or have a conversation with them. I wouldn't understand. Why did you go to Canada? Because Canada was... I was married. I'm married to a, a Canadian. So my wife is from Canada.
0: You were married in Canada, you were living there, and that's where your arrest warrant came?
1: Yes, they, they said that uh, I have a warrant
0: in the United States and the United States is asking for my extradition. Okay, so uh, how many years have you spent and how many more years to go?
1: I've been in jail, so basically in 2018, they counted from when I was arrested in Canada. So that was uh, summer 2017. So they gave me like 52 years. That sentence is erroneous, illegal. So the sentence 52 years, which is all law, half of it, 26 years. But you, have the, you go through a lot of things like direct appeal or post-conviction relief. That's when you want to go back to court and tell them, hey, you violated my rights. you got to fix this error. So when I try to do the direct appeal, they give me this person. I sent him four letters. He never answered me back. I have never seen him. He never sent me the briefs. He never raised the issue to a higher court to look into this issue. Because a higher court, when see like a violation of your life, it, either they give you a new trial or they vacate all, everything, and they let you go in the spot.
0: How about a writ of mandamus? Uh, how is what? Pardon? A writ, a writ of mandamus.
1: A mandamus? What is that?
0: You you gotta go to the library, yeah. dude. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, if, if if there if there was anyone coming with some kind of an evidence from the grandparents that these kids are being brainwashed, you know, that would have also helped.
1: Yeah, but he didn't want to help me, Mr. Ayman. He didn't want to call nobody on the stand. Maybe because my friend, the one who was with us, and his wife and my ex-wife, they were going to testify that the grandparents are hateful people, and they are the ones behind this stuff. But he didn't want to call nobody so I can look. I am that sick, twisted person. So he wants to ruin the prosecutor hmm. case So because he was there to help her.
0: So why didn't your, your former wife fire your attorney and get a new one?
1: the problem is i didn't know these things i didn't to me everything is new to me can you imagine you are locked up abroad you don't know nothing about the law your english is not even good so you don't know about these things you don't know that you can fire these people you don't know nothing you're just there hoping things is gonna go right hoping these people's gonna do you justice so if i knew back then what Yeah, if I knew back then, what I know now, this was a whole
0: story. What about your former wife? Yeah. She was watching all of this. She had a brain cell.
1: No, no, she was not. She was, she's in another place. She told them that she would, if they want her to come and testify, she would. But they never called her. She never been called because what was going to say was not in favor of the state. So and the public pretender works for the state. So why would he call her to, to ruin
0: the prosecutor's case? So how are you hanging in there, man?
1: Um, look, I am thankful to Allah. Almighty. I am strong. I'm good. You know, people in me, you know, there is a good, the bad, the ugly. But I'm good with everyone. Everybody's good to me. You know, but there is nothing else to be to see a family I have my my dad is in his 80s I lost my mom when I was a kid and my father is in his 80s and my father my sisters my family back there friends relatives are devastated you know because of this and they feel helpless to help me it just this is not who we are so we are very good people our reputation is gold but sometimes when you interact with the, some sick twisted hateful people that's what they do to you man it's just it, it, it's, it's, it's really insane, it's insane. I mean, like, it, it was insane from the beginning to the end. I'm not going to tell you I wish I never came to this country, because this is our as well.
0: You have and one minute so remaining.
1: Everything, man, it's just, it's just insane. It's really
0: insane.
1: Mm. That's what it is, it was, it was a six wasted experience, man. I don't wish this on my worst enemies. I'm making this by Allah's grace, that He's giving me the strength to go through this dark, you know, times in my life.
0: This is Unshackled with Iran on Justicenews.net. This is Unshackled with Imran on Justicenews.net.